You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 261. Jesus, God, we've been doing this a long time. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me, to my immediate virtual right or left or below me, depending on how I have my screen oriented, (laughs) you may see him in the upcoming Netflix Tiger King 2, you may or you may not, Tom Rideout. You're muted. <laughs> Perfect start to Jesus this. Jesus Christ. Abs- absolutely like, not. Like 261 times and we still haven't gotten this right. Well, because this is the <laughs> first time it's just been me before John. No, it's not. It's not, not even true. <laughs> not even close to true. And, and I was hoping you would pick up on that quick enough to give me a growl, but you, you've ruined it. Okay, moving growl. on. Why would I even think to do a... Tiger King 2? Come on! Tiger King 2 is coming to Netflix. I'm just saying. There are things to be excited about. That's not one of them. Also with me... Jesus God. I told you that wasn't going to work. I told you that wasn't going to work, John C. (laughs) In other news, moving is stressful. Also joining me tonight in the longest introduction I've ever had that's because it's the most on, on day seven of his double secret probation the person we are only going to refer to as the intern is it only John seven <laughs> is that what you wanted i'm so is, done is that what you're looking for give me the name of the movie double secret probation is from and i will let you go right now give me the name of the movie okay you've just that's added not, another wait. week to your double secret probation when Harry met Sally? Discord. Double secret probation. What movie is that from? Uh, we'll get it, people get don't it, know how to get to Discord. How do they get to Discord? If you're going to point it out like that. Come the on people, now. The people I care about are in Discord. The people I care about have been asking me all day what time we're starting. Discord.phpugly.com. If you care to join. Please join. Our Discord is amazing. I've spent the last like week thanks to one of our friends in discord spending way too much time in this SaaS product and then got to the end of the trial and they want me to spend 120 dollars a month <laughs> what SaaS pro- product is that i'm not talking about it until they decide to advertise i've sent them an email okay. i'm hoping they <laughs> i'm hoping they want to advertise okay <laughs> it's a really cool product I'm, i like it but we're too small for 120 a month that's a lot of money that's a lot of money yeah, for sure. It's a lot of money for a SaaS product. So I will have to share with you offline. But this came to me from a listener of the show who wanted to like gig out with me about this topic. And I started researching and he pointed me to this this SaaS solution. Not like he was selling it. There's other other solutions out there. But of course, I go down this road. And I'm like on the phone with them. Like, hey, can I get a walkthrough of your product? And, no, we don't do that because you're not spending enough money with us. It's like, well, I'm not going to spend money if you don't tell me more about your product. It's kind of the way it works. So all that to I, say, I, I our, Discord, our Discord people are amazing. Our Discord people are amazing. It's it's fun being in Discord. 
I learn a lot. Tom, you're just kind of sitting there. What's up, man? I realized today that uh, <clears throat> one of my coworkers, whenever he was mentioning something I disliked about Laravel, I referenced him to the hours of recorded content about my opinion on that and that he did not know that I had a podcast. <laughs> you are a terrible promoter of the show. I'm just saying. That too, but yeah. And, I, I, and, it, turns, and it turns out... A terrible promoter of the magazine because I do recall emailing somebody at your company about getting a subscription and that still has not happened. I tried to push that communication through. Like, listen, man, it's a startup. Stuff goes missing all the time. It's startup life is is rough. I will I will email my boss again. I will make sure it gets taken care of. There's only one I- week, unlike our our patron rule boards. Give it that same timeline. I'm sure it'll get handled. <laughs> I love our Discord. Even even in private chat Discord, it's funny. <laughs> what is this goals boosts thing? I don't know. I enabled it, and I probably shouldn't have, but I did. I don't know enough about Discord. I just saw this option. I'm like, oh, turn this on, and I don't know what it does. But we've had friends of the show boost our channel. Oh wait, we have new listeners? No. Well, I mean, we might. <laughs> we might. We we do have new listeners. I have, I have people private messaging me in Discord right now, letting me know that 120 is a lot for a SaaS product, but the main application I work on is more than 120 a month what, for what a SaaS this? product. What is this SaaS product? Huh? Did you not hear me say I'm not talking about the name of it? Yeah, but like now I want to know. <laughs> Pay attention to the show. It's so hard. How, you can't. Give free advertising and expect advertisers to pay for advertising. It doesn't work. I that don't way. think that counts as advertising when we when we say that their support sucks and it costs too much. But their product is awesome. Like I want to pay 120 a month for it if I could justify that much money a, a year. All right. Listen, as soon as there's enough profit to pay, what what is it? Fourteen hundred dollars a year. I'll pay fourteen hundred a year. But right now, there's not. So I'm not. Eric, you seem. Uh... And, it's all about dollars and cents. You seem agitated. No, he's still. No, no, no. He's wait, wait, wait. He's still mad at me from last week. Are you guys still in love with this co-pilot thing? Oh boy. Oh goodness. Are you, seriously? Are you still in love with it? Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be written like specifically for Laravel because I've been using it for a week, Mm-mm. and it's given me a couple of suggestions, but nothing that I'm like, oh wow, how did you do that? It's like, well, like okay, half of but- it is crap. And that I have to delete and do again anyway. And then half of it is okay, but I have to kind of massage it still. Yes. Okay. So that, so, so, so John does, John doesn't want to upset potential sponsors, but he'll shit on GitHub any day of the week. That's, well, yeah. You think Microsoft's, you think Microsoft's going to pay us money? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. No, first off, first off, I want to say, uh, we are a kind of dumb that only programmers can be, where it's like, zombie, you're funny. We can we can spend time speculating about like where is it getting our data from? What language does it speak? How does it know what what is what or what our language is? And like we, I, Eric and I, within the last week, have spent collective hours just sort of going over this kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it turns out that like copilot.github.com has very clear explanations of everything that we've been speculating about at length, just like right on their frequently asked questions where they're like, how does it work? What does it do? What do you use it for? What information does it use? How does it use your data? Like every every question I could imagine asking, there's just a bullet point that's like, hey, I, I understand you're asking this question. Uh, you know, 
<laughs> here's here's a simple answer that alleviates all of your concerns. And it it feels very dumb to have spent any time speculating about like how this works. Because it So are you feeling better about it or are you not? I'm I'm feeling massively better about it because aside from all of the like concerns we had, it also has just the basic functionality use case. Which is like, hey, write a comment and it'll give you something approximating an answer that you're supposed to modify to fit your needs. Or if you have repetitive code, it quickly manages boilerplate code and tries to figure out your intentions. Um, Specifically references testing. Tests are the backbone of any robust software engineering project. Import a unit test package and let GitHub Copilot suggest the tests that match your code. Like, it... (laughs) It very clearly states that it does not write the code for you, but it's better. It's a better version of autocomplete that like you don't have to look up the docs all the time. You don't have to go to Stack Overflow, but it's not going to magically create all I, I of your code for I, you. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if I would categorize it as autocomplete either. I mean, autocomplete to me is like it figures out the next word or two, not the next code block. Well, so that's the thing is they have like how to use it which is make small code blocks, make functions that are small and have clearly defined names. Like it has all of this instructions and then information stuff on a single page where it's like, what's the optimal way to use Copilot? Uh, where, where, how does it read your code? Where does your code go? How do you install it for NeoVim, which I know you did. I did. I have NeoVim, I have PHP Storm, and I have uh, VS Code. I, I got to say, everything pretty much holds true across the platforms. PHP Storms is super slow. Uh, it works. It's just pretty slow compared to VS Code. Vim is incredibly fast, but, um, but it's Vim. It, 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 ha- it kept having an issue of trying to figure out if it, if it wanted to use uh, autocomplete or mm. copilot. Interesting for for my for my tab. It, it kept it kept kind of. I, I I experienced a little bit of that in um in PHP Storm as well, where it was like. A PHP Storm's autocomplete was kicking in, and then all of a sudden it would decide, "Oh no, maybe you didn't mean let's let's use Copilot instead." And, but um, but yeah, and there's a few people in Discord using it as well. I saw this week a, a lot of people started talking more about it. Yeah. So the the hang up that Eric and I had this week was, why does this look like code I've already written? Mm-hmm. Where is it getting that from? I'm assuming it's looking in your GitHub repo for all your other projects or? No. So it is looking at your current open file. The the only thing it has access to in your project is your currently open file. So if you have a test case and you want to modify the test case to have a, a negative version of the same test case, it works really well. It just takes the code you already have it checks for thumbs up and changes them to thumbs down. Like it knows what to do with the code on your current page. And it doesn't understand anything that is used or imported in your code. Unless the stuff that is used and imported is already somewhere used open source. So it kind of gets Laravel and how Laravel works, but it doesn't get your Laravel. That's what I was wondering. Well, that's what I was wondering if it worked better for you guys using Laravel more than I do, right? So the app- an applications that I work on 
aren't using Laravel, so it's not as helpful to me because it's not a public framework. Here, so here's a good example is that I created a new log request object. And when I said, when I said, uh, create a function that logs the current request, it said, okay, so somewhere there's a log request object. My log request object was called request log middleware. It assumed there was a class that was just called request log. Now, once I told it that the object I wanted to reference was the request log middleware, it knew how to read that because it brought it into the current page. It and said, oh yeah, the, the constructor for that is this, and the methods available for it are this, so I assume that you use it in this format. But it didn't read my whole project looking for the request log object. It waited for me to bring it into the current page that I was on. Well, that's less useful. Why is it not looking at my entire project? It can't yet. This is, a te- this is currently a technical limitation of Copilot, um, and they state that in their frequently asked questions: What does what does what is the training set for Copilot? They also address where my code goes when I'm programming, which is basically a locked file system that is only accessible by engineers who are a member of the Copilot team. So my code is that supposed to make us feel better? Or? Uh, they actually they specify named engineers in the Copilot team. So I, I mean. All the good intention can be had. The fact is, my code is going somewhere out of my control at that point. Sure. I mean, they can say your, that if all you're they want. your code but- on GitHub, the, the license is actually looser than it is. If you have a private GitHub repo, your license that, that's is fine, but, but, than it but is you're making you. you're making the assumption that, that the code I'm working on is hosted at GitHub. What if it's not? What if it's something? What if something I'm I'm using locally? Then yeah, that's something absolutely to consider. Um, now they address responsible AI, uh, protecting originality, and the the training set. If you're interested in what data gets sent to GitHub, they have a whole uh, telemetry terms of service breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how does the telemetry data? And this is telemetry is the modern term for you know data gathered by you using it. Uh, but they have a it's a pretty short breakdown of GitHub Copilot telemetry terms that basically says we don't use your data to train the model. We use your data to improve how the model is trained. So if, <laughs> if, 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 if your code produces some kind of strange results, then the engineers will check out why your code produced that weird result. But your code doesn't go into the library that this AI learns based off of. Hmm. Um, gotcha. So, so my, my code snippets or pieces of my code are going to show up in your project because it's not using mine for training. Right. So, and and that's an interesting distinction is that training is separate from the performative behavior of the of the software. So, when your code when your code is sent to Copilot and says, "Hey, here's the test that he's got written already," and Copilot suggests another test, it's not training Copilot. It's just using Copilot. Right. So it's separated. Right. The the training is separate. Yeah. So all of the training data is still public. GitHub repos, but then the the final produced product, it doesn't train off of your code. It uses the the training from mm-hmm. all of the other code sources to understand your code. Which goes back to me saying that it's going to be less useful for people that aren't using a framework, a, a well known framework, whether it's Laravel, Symphony, 
cake, whatever. If you're using a homegrown framework, it's going to be well, less useful to you. Interestingly, if it's not in a framework, it'll probably do better because frameworks have magic methods and that's the stuff that's hard to learn. But base PHP... Not, if, not, based, not if you have a ton of public repos out there using those frameworks. Sure, but there's there's very creative and awful ways of using magic methods. No, I agree. And and for for the training here to understand that is much more complicated than it is for just vanilla PHP. Now, one of the interesting things that they note in the documentation is, hey, what if uh, what if I want to write a, a totally new language that no one's ever written before? And their response is like, hey, g- good on you. Submit it publicly to GitHub so we can understand what the hell you're doing. But we won't know what the hell like, at all what you're doing. If it's a new <laughs> language, it's a new language and we, we're blind. Um, and yeah, it definitely, like, it definitely looks at the current file that you're editing and sees that there's a PHP tag in there or sees that it's a bash script. But if you are writing in a new language, it has no idea what to do with it. It doesn't give suggestions. Now, give 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 the bots time; they'll learn. It doesn't. It doesn't always get some things about PHP right as well, like just the core language. I've had a lot of arrays that don't have a closing bracket on them, or like uh, arrays that don't have a comma on the last value, which is a five six thing. It's like it's it needs work for sure, but but it's also learning from a crap ton of PHP four and five code bases. Right. And it's learning from a a sort of a curated list now that it's in a beta. So when they want to go to supporting PHP seven and eight really well, then they're going to curate PHP seven and eight stuff much more and say, Hey, this is symphony. It requires PHP eight pay attention. Um, or like, Hey, this is how you read a composer package because it doesn't know about packagist. So here's how you get the rest of the data that's needed for this. Uh, I, I would, I'm very, I'm very curious how it performs on other languages. Obviously we're PHP focused, but how is it reacting in a Java well, environment we, or a C environment? We saw how it deals with Go, and it was pretty spectacular. But what I haven't seen is how it deals with, with vanilla PHP, because all uh, so much of the stuff I do is like, well, PHP unit tests and uh, calls to uh, facades for stuff in Laravel and helper functions. And it's like, it gets confused sometimes. And they, and they, they basically say like, yeah, don't use the code as it produces it. Make sure it fits your need. But mm. yeah, it's that if you go to copilot.github.com, there's a lot of interesting information about how they use your data, how they don't use your data, and uh, sort of the future of, of what this is going to become. Yeah, and like I said, uh, well, first thing, I I am a fan of this. I think we're we're on we're at the very beginning of a complete change in our industry and what our roles are in our industry and it hopefully the quality of code that's produced by it. But uh, when I was referring to earlier about security concerns, you know, my biggest advice to you is if you really have security concerns about where and how code pilots using code, don't use code pilot. Like it's nothing, you're not being forced to use it. I mean, it's, if you, if you really are worried about proprietary code and where it ends up, don't use a product like Copilot. That's all I have to say. Uh, Everybody in Discord who was talking about Copilot this week, one of the and, and one of the things I'm hearing pretty consistently across the board is how much it's improved writing tests for them. And I think you were talking about this last week, Thomas. Yeah, I uh, I still I still ha- haven't 
even bother to try it, but <laughs> they they say it makes you know it, it really does well at writing tests and, and getting tests going. And they and they say that in the in the FAQ, hey, this is really good at tests. Yeah. So I want to I want to stick with GitHub for a little bit because I'm build I'm building up to something, but oh. something a couple. Couple of interesting things have happened here. One, I'm I'm seeing a pattern. John and I talked about this earlier today or yesterday. I forget how to do this. Uh, has a has a new command palette where you hit Control K and it opens up this command pa- palette that you can do things in. I'm like, I like that. Like again, being a Vim guy. And, and having my hands on the keyboard, I love these things. I love command palettes and stuff like that. No sooner do I say that, GitHub has the exact same command palette now. Uh, and, and again, I, I guess it must be an in industry standard that uh, was it Control yeah, Control K is that command palette launcher as well. So if you go to GitHub and you hit Control K, at least for me, I don't know yeah. if I'm if. If You're right. I have it does. That, early that's one. cool. And what's really nice is it's better than the search bar because as somebody uh, like me who has multiple organizations, it lets me switch what organization I'm in, then look for the repos within those organizations. It is so nice that that command palette, both in to-do lists, did a great job, but GitHub, what a game changer for me that is. I, I, I'm loving that command palette and, and GitHub. I, it's control control K is big in Slack too. I use it. All yeah, the time. it's Slack, and actually it's, it's in Discord as well. It's the same same uh, same conventions in Discord that's in Slack. With uh, I don't know if Control K works. Does Control K do anything? No, okay, so Control K doesn't. So once you do Control K and GitHub backspace to get back to your organization. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Oh yeah. Control K does does work in Discord. You're right. Yeah, the same conventions that are in Slack are in Discord as well. You don't you're not seeing it in your your GitHub. Where where in GitHub? Just anywhere. just, just, just anywhere. Just just go to the GitHub and hit Control K. Ah, it brings up. There we go. Ah, that that just, feeling like oh yeah, they see yeah, it. That's interesting. That's pretty cool. So yeah, a, a true game changer for me. And, and again. <laughs> You 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 add this to uh to Vim bindings with your browser. Again, GitHub. I have to exclude my Vim bindings because of stuff like this. But I, the less you gotta reach for the mouse, the more productive you are. I still, I still so another uh, preach it, Another brother. story, another story popped up, and this one kind of hit closer to home. And it's been a topic that that you know I've been thinking a lot about, and I think it's going to be very important. But um, Nate Friedman is leaving GitHub. I think he uh, he posted to the GitHub blog yesterday. He said, "This morning I sent the following post to the GitHub team. I'm moving on to my next adventure." Uh, and Thomas uh, Domik, current chief product officer, will be the GitHub next CEO. I will become chairman. Uh, Emeritus? I don't know what that means. Emeritus. Which f- Emeritus? Was, what is that? I don't know what that is. Uh, like awarded without uh, voting. I can look it up real fast. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Google for, search. Former holder of office having retired but allowed to retain the title as an honor. There you go. So, yeah, he's leaving. He's leaving GitHub. Now, it's funny because I think I've met Nate in the past. If I'm not mistaken, I met him at a Novell conference 
up in Utah Oof. one year. Um, he was, he just come to Novell and he was, or Novell had just bought his company, Xavier, or, um, not Xavier, um, uh, what the hell was that product he had? Started with an X. Uh, anyways, uh, Novell had purchased his company and I'm pretty sure I met him. I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty cool guy. But he's been at GitHub. He's a really big proponent of, uh, Xamarin, that was it, yeah, uh, of open source. And, I mean, when he went to Microsoft, I'm like, they're going to strangle him. Like, he will not be able to thrive in, in that area, and damn if he didn't. And I I really feel like Microsoft's embracement of open source has got to have something to do with this guy. I mean, he's just, uh, he's just that influential. Anyways, he's leaving GitHub. Uh, and of course I say this hits like hits home a little bit because it's like, you know, big projects and big companies changing hands. I mean, we kind of just went through that with PHP architect and you see it every now and then with like, I know I, I, I saw it, you know, occasionally with user groups, like people who've ran user groups for a long time, then they move. It's like, Oh, is that user group going to fade away or break it? You know? Yes. Disappear. And, then <laughs> the answer is yes. Then so you find out that somebody else steps up and and takes the 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 the, the realm and it you know starts to you know, run it. Rains. Maybe they run it differently. Rains. Here you go. <laughs> Maybe they run it differently. But you know, it's like you know, it's it's always like this interesting thing to see like these big projects or uh, didn't. I mean, we had this recently with a with a. Was it Python that just did it? Like the the lead developer of Python stepped away or something? It's always just really interesting to see. Like you see this sort of things happen. Like GitHub. I mean, GitHub. Jesus, you know they're they're top of their game right now. Like, why would you step away from GitHub? And how's that going to impact GitHub? And the reality of it is, you know, it's yeah. It's going to be a change, but it'll carry on. Things have a way of finding their balance, right? That where people step up, things continue on. Mm-hmm. Well, I think hopefully for, Microsoft doesn't break. Yeah, they might be a little late for their for their first release, but you know they'll get back on track at some point. <laughs> I, I think I think for people who have these sort of executive positions, they they like to see that the company is going in the direction that they want it to, and no longer needs them. Like now that it's now that GitHub is solidly hitting its stride, and it's got leadership that has the same ideals that he does then he kind of isn't needed anymore and he can move to another company that needs the same directional control. Um, you know, and he, and, and this is not a slouch. I mean, we're talking about an advisor for Stripe, a uh, corporate vice president for developer services at Microsoft, uh, a co-founder and chairman of, of Yimby, which is a housing policy organization. I mean, like a CTO of Novell, you know, this is not a slouch. This is somebody who gets shit done. And I think when they're leaving and the product is peaking, they're basically saying like, hey, this is this is what I'm here for. Now it's on to the next project to guide them in the right direction. Which, or to, go to be clear, enjoy my life. <clears throat> to be clear, not my attitude towards things. Because when things start peaking, I'm like, hell yeah, this is great, and I will ride that wave. I have no <laughs> intention of making new waves uh, to to create difficulty for myself. I, I like that smooth ride. <laughs> yeah, but can you? I mean, he sold to Microsoft. I forget what Gail was purchased for, but. I'm sure he's not hurting. Well, he 
so he worked for Microsoft starting in 2016. Yeah, I think I think Microsoft put him in the position. And yeah, GitHub. so when Microsoft oh, bought GitHub, I'm, yeah, when Microsoft really bought GitHub, him. they made him CEO. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's not about him specifically. I'm just saying we've seen that a lot. I mean, yes, we have the big CEOs. Bill Gates left Microsoft. Like, whoever thought Bill Gates was going to leave Microsoft? Yeah. Bezos wow. leaving a- Amazon, you know, it's like, Thank God. but e- even like project level, you, even, even like, you know, community level and project level, it's <clears throat> when it's not about the money, when it's not about going out on top, when it's just about burnout or just about, Hey, I, you know, I got a real job now and I can't do this anymore. You know, the, the thing is, is that if it has a strong enough community, it, behind it it continues going I could you imagine could you imagine tomorrow if taylor said you know what i'm kind of done with this whole yep. php framework thing yeah i'm stepping away you know could you, totally totally imagine that but laravel i don't think laravel would would die on the vine there i mean i think no. uh, but laravel is so unique because no, it's, it's got not. It's got the well. It's not okay. It's, it's not extraordinarily. Unique, Stop it has, making it about that individual. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's use something else that's not about like an individual. What live wire? Let's Fabian, say no, the live wire. Fabian Potentier stepping away from the Symphony Foundation would not be surprising to me at all. There you go. There, there's a good example because okay. he's not a BDFL. He is uh, a a yep. he is a board member. Ex- and ex- explain what that is. Explain what that is. Uh, Benevolent Dictator for Life is a self-titled a, a partially self-titled role for some open source developers who consider themselves the the only answer to any development future for a product, but they're nice enough to listen to the people who use it. <laughs> That's no, that's literally it. Like I make the rules, but I'll listen to your suggestions in a 24-hour poll. <laughs> that's that's a BDFL. And and a lot of open source owners consider themselves BDFLs, and I think it's a shitty thing to consider yourself when your community gets to a certain size. But that's not my that's I don't get to make that decision. I just get to think those people are shitty for doing it. Mm-hmm. But when when Fabian Potentier said this is a big thing that affects a lot of people, I am going to create a foundation to support this under which I am just a board member and a talking head. That's a big move. So absolutely, like, yeah, it's not about the person unless the person makes it about themselves. And some people in the community make it about themselves. And some people don't. Uh, Fabian mm-hmm. talks a lot about what's coming in symphony and how proud of the team he is and and what a group effort it was and other people on other projects talk a lot about how their life has improved and they love the community and today we're doing something wildly different beep, beep. because that, it just <laughs> that's an interesting no i'm gonna, said, i'm going to, i'm going to give you uh, i'm going to applaud you on that one that that is a good analogy uh uh, Tom, I mean, because you have seen you have seen projects. I mean, one of the bigger projects I, you know I, I, I'm involved with. The, the whole reason there's NeoVim is because the people who are trying to contribute to Vim didn't have that sense of community. Now, I'm not saying Vim is dying. Vim is going strong. There, there's not no, a problem I mean, there. But but the the whole reason there's NeoVim today is because the community behind Vim wanted more of a voice. And so right. they just 
created them. But and this this happened know, a lot with projects from the seventies with Emacs, X Emacs, uh, VI versus Vim versus NeoVim. Like that. Well, and, and something a little closer to home is, and maybe you get one of you guys have more information on it. I, I get the impression it was kind of the same thing with Code Igniter, right? Like Code Igniter got bought by a company. It's, and it, then I don't know, but it definitely smells that way. And then, yeah, the, that like it, it got more and more difficult to contribute to Code Igniter as an open source contributor. And, uh, you know, a lot of people in Laravel came from Code Igniter because, you know, it, even Taylor himself, I mean, Taylor wasn't intentionally abandoning Code, Code Igniter. He, he had had an idea and decided to build a framework around it. And he just ended up with this framework. But a lot of people did jump ship from Code Igniter over to Laravel. And my understanding, I was never really part of that community, so I don't, I, I only heard it secondhand, but my understanding of it, it was kind of along the same lines of they weren't embracing their community. Yeah. It, it was kind of, you it, know, challenging to contribute to it. Code Igniter isn't that was why, a weak community. Isn't that why PHP 7 and 8 have gained as much traction as they have? Is uh, Facebook wanted a lot of changes, but they weren't getting support from the PHP community at the beginning. So they created hack and they started doing a lot of yes. crazy things. And then all of a sudden PHP community or maintainers like, Oh shit, we better start listening, brought that back in. So I, I think PHP six in a roundabout way, they came around. Yeah. Yeah. I think PHP six can't be ignored because it was, it was such a clusterfuck that, that they got stuck on and Facebook was like, we're not participating in the clusterfuck. We're going to do our own thing with hack and Falcon came out and was like, hey, we can make PHP fast. You know what would make it faster is doing the things we wanted. And Code Igniter was like, hey, that stuff's all cool. And Cake was like, yeah, that stuff's pretty cool. And WordPress was like, no, we rely <laughs> on the inherent insecurity of PHP. You can't change anything. And so abandoning PHP 6 was a decision to basically abandon WordPress and say like, hey, we love beginners. This language caters to beginners, um, but we can't, we we can't be forward. the shittiest language in the group because WordPress is so popular because WordPress isn't even that cool. It's just popular. Oh, trust me. I've been, I've been way in deep in WordPress the past week. <laughs> Oof. Ugh. Let's let, let's talk about that for a second because I see I see in your uh, your uh, list you have John breaking newsletter sign up at phparch.com and I'm putting dots together of you begging the Diego Dev team to test a sign up on phparch.com. Do I no, miss no, no, something? No, I so this goes back to that service. I, I did not break newsletter at all. That was. That was That's not what your Trello board says. Mine? What are you talking about? Yeah, it says John breaking newsletter sign up on PHP Arch. Where in the hell do you see this at? On your John, Trello. Oh, John breaking newsletter sign up oh. on PHP Arch. Uh, no, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Eric, All right. Well, there? then I'm feeling I'm feeling better. <laughs> I'm feeling better. No, I. I, I just know he was asking the Diego te Dev team to test it. No, no, this morning this, or yesterday. This this was last month. This was over like a week or two ago. I forget what that one was. Yeah, what's what's Me the rule about so, reading from other people's Trello lists? My exactly my my thing this morning was Good again job, testing the, testing testing that new service. I realized, oh, I am double reporting analytics somewhere. I want to fix that. 
but I need more people to go to the site so I can see if I fixed it correctly. So we're back to that service you can't name. I still don't yeah. know what any of this is. Exactly. Right. Never mind. Tom, stop yeah. stop sniping other people's cards. And stop vaping. I going <laughs> I I hear more about your vaping on uh, on the show. I was like, uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Well, tobacco industry propaganda is a bitch, isn't it? It's just more of when you forget to mute and it's like that's that's Eric's problem. It's my problem too. He just voices it before I get to. Well, I you know uh, Charlton in Discord brings up a good point, which is that you know WordPress was the BDFL for PHP for a long time, and it took everyone accepting that we can't we can't accept that for PHP to move forward. You know, deprecating stuff, improving security. Like we got Sodium Lib late in the game. Node was out and had Sodium Lib. Ruby on Rails had sodium lib and PHP was like, oh I've never yeah, heard it called you know, sodium lib. That's not my point. Just, <laughs> I've, never just, I've always lib heard it called sodium. lib sodium. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Just, but yeah, like there's a good article on that. So this is, this is where it. I think, this is where I think the BDFL stuff coming up next month is bad. And, and feature article. I know, I know that there's a lot of Laravel developers out there who are turning to symphony for the stability and reasonability of the release cycle and the community that's there. And like Laravel has a great, big, happy community. And I don't, yeah. I think that's a good. I, I, th- I, I think, think that's a good thing, but the community doesn't get listened to very much. Right, and one of the things that people might forget about the Laravel community, in the scope of communities, they're pretty young still. Like they're still pretty new. I mean, they're they're it, Laravel itself has been out for ten years, but Laravel didn't get moved into like Laravel four and five. It really started picking up steam. So a lot of people in Laravel are are you know that community is still young. You got communities like Symphony, even WordPress, where those those communities are so so much more well established, and the people in those communities are so much more well established that they don't find the need to toot their horn every time something new comes out in their framework. They just embrace it. They, they're part of the process. Like you said, it's, it's a different community. They're part of that process. They see these things happening. And every time something new is released, it's not like this, oh, hey, look what we're doing now sort of, sort of mentality. It's just like, hey, yeah, this is our niche. This is our framework. We're just going to keep using it. Right. And I, I think it also hurts. So with Laravel, the the thing that really got that community going was Laracast, right? And the oh, ease yeah. of the fact that somebody was there holding your hand and walking you through how to use all all this new th- and, you know, and stuff in this framework. I still see on Reddit all the time people talking about how great the documentation for Laravel is and including Laracast's as part of the Laravel documentation. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, it's it's not part of the documentation. It's mm-hmm. one guy's it's one guy's system for monetizing learning about Laravel and it worked really well and he did really good at it. And, and Symphony they're the same person, but we haven't gone on that train for a long time. Symphony has has God, I forgot about that one. Symphony has tried to mirror that model a little bit. They have they, they they're not even trying to hide it. They call it Symphony Cast, right? Uh, 
<laughs> but you know, but again, they're not there aren't so many new people coming to Symphony like there are to Laravel. So something like Symphony Cast is a good thing to have and it's nice for when new people show up. But it wasn't like this massive flood that there was with Laravel with all these people wanting to learn it and just looking for material to learn from. And you know, Jeff Jeffrey Way just hit with when the iron was hot and opened up a floodgate and people yeah. just latched onto it. Symphony I'm, I'm assuming needs Sheffrey Sheffrey Shway. <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> just like we we heard about Laravel when it was in its infancy. I'm sure so did Jeffrey Way. So he started creating these videos. Like well, you said, he just got in at the right time. He it was yeah. still new. It was up and coming. No, and he's good at what he does. He's very good at what he does. You know who else? is good at what they do. Who is that? Honey Badger. This episode of PHP Ugly is sponsored by HoneyBadger.io, the web developer's secret weapon. HoneyBadger offers exception, uptime, and cron monitoring all in one place, and it is easily installed into your web application. Deploy with confidence and be your team's DevOps hero. Their list of features can fit a team of any size. Are you just starting out? A fantastic free plan for life that you can use while your traffic is low. Are you an established business? Perfect. You should have a system in place to alert you to errors in real time, not finding out when your web visitors complain, if they ever do. In addition, their third-party integrations will let you connect some of the most commonly used alerting services so that you can know at a moment's notice if things go wrong. Head over to honeybadger.io to sign up for a free account to get started. And while you are listening to a PHP podcast, HoneyBadger supports so many languages, including Ruby, JavaScript, Elixir, Python, Go, and so many more. Head over to honeybadger.io and start your trial today. Thanks, Honey Badger. Thanks, Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. You All right, so you guys want a you want a funny story? Oh, please. What you, you brought you brought up Libsodium, so it reminded me. We have this client that's been around for a really long time, and sometimes it's hard to get clients to change things. And I've been telling them for a very long time that their authentication scheme is broken and going as far as telling them how to fix it, opening pull requests to fix it, opening multiple pull requests to fix it. And when uh, talking to them recently, they said, what are the what are the downsides? I'm like, once you deploy it, there's no going back because you're <laughs> blowing away. You're blowing away all, all the previous password data you had is going to be using password hash. So there's concern. Ray, when someone asks you if you are a god, you say yes. Except as soon as I tell them there's a problem and that there's no going back, they found a way to break it. Of course. That's why, Literally, you, say like that's why minutes, you say there's no problem. Minutes later, they're like, oh, if you do this, it breaks. I'm like, son of a bitch. I hate legacy code. Hate legacy code. So that, that was my day today was how do I work around the issue that was found and then how do I make it not an all or nothing thing? Because right now it'd be every person that logs in would be like, are you using the old password scheme? Yes. Okay. Does your password match? Yes. Okay. Now you're going to use a new password scheme. Done. <laughs> the, prom- the problem was with the, the broken authentication that they had prior, there was a workaround. So <laughs> the the new encoded password was not the real password. So then the real user couldn't log in afterwards. Does, so, does PHP not have a an update password schema built-in method now? They do. If you're using now. if you're using that system to begin with, we're still using oh like a outdated outdated <laughs> crap that you're not supposed to use. Ooh. So so 
the good news is I found a way to make the product owners comfortable. Like, okay, this is not an all or nothing. We can slow roll this out, making it clear that this is a temporary solution. I want this like implemented, tested on, on internal users, tested on a few external users, and then done. Like, it's got to go. Like, I don't like there's any no, of what you're saying. There's like <laughs> no reason to be doing this anymore. You're A-B hey. testing passwords, man. No, I'm not. <laughs> that, no, you 100% are. So, no, in the, in the past, going back years, like over a decade, there was a, there's a password type. You're either clear text or you're not. <laughs> if oh. you're set up this way, oh. you're clear text. Oh. <laughs> and if you're this way, you're not. Oh, <laughs> oh God. It's not clear text anymore. I can tell you that much. Oh, hold on. I, I'm getting another beer. That That's too much. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that great, but it's not that bad. Progress is being made. So the other funny thing is I, I looked at my, my closed pull requests that were not merged. Since the inception of using GitHub for this project, 366 pull requests. Closed without being merged. <laughs> can you can you give us an idea of how many years that is, though? Nine and a half. I mean, okay, that's more than I thought. That, but still, that's a lot of three, three hundred and sixty-six closed without being merged. So the one one way of of looking at that is somebody pays you to write code for three hundred plus pull requests and thought that. It wasn't good enough to make their code base, but still continue to pay you. So, I mean, I, you can mark that up as a win. So I just looked at how many I've had merged in that same amount of time. Eric's 15. been watching too much baseball. That is not how wins are defined. <laughs> what was that, John? The number I've had actually merged in that same amount of time is 15. Oh, just the number 15? <laughs> One five? Is that, is that what you're saying? No, no. 20, <laughs> over 2,600, but still. Uh-huh. It's still not, a good, still not a good average. Oh, oh man. my God. I hate I hate GitHub. Have you guys watched uh have you guys watched Squid Game? No. I have not. It was brought up in Discord. Haven't seen it. So I, I, I have an idea of the concept. I'm I'm waiting for Tiger King two to come out though. It's yeah, that's gonna be Is terrible. I game? thought didn't it didn't it end with him in jail? How are they coming out yeah, with the yeah. second one? That's uh yeah, it's more stuff, man. It's, it's, it's more, more garbage. Stuff. He, he thought he thought for sure that he was getting a pardon from Trump. I'm really curious how 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 that went over. Uh, there uh, was a limo yeah. waiting in front of the prison. Because yeah, they, they don't that, understand that's... how pardons work. Yeah, I, I heard that story too. I don't know if it's true, but it's I heard absolutely that story true. Too. I have the picture. It was a stretch Humvee. <laughs> However, <clears throat> no, Squid Game is is a play on a, a very old Japanese format, which is uh, playing games. To be the last survivor. Um, I thought it was the king that saw the movies. No, it's more like uh, the the deadliest. Uh, oh, what is that old English? The deadliest prey or the stuff like that. It's it's That's what you're talking about. It's a very very well played out genre, and it appeals very specifically to the current socioeconomic political environment of South Korea. Um, the deadliest game. Thank you. Um, and, yes. 
I, I so, thought I was going to slip by a week without them participating, nope. but nope, uh, now, now the shit's about to hit the fan. So here's the thing is that <laughs> it's really popular just because like it, it hit a, it hit a personal note with some people. It is not a particularly good execution of the concept. And in fact, Netflix has a series called Alice in Borderlands, which is a much, much better version of the same thing. But Alice in Borderlands? Yeah, but Alice in Borderlands is Japanese, whereas uh, Squid Game is south korean and has these different contexts with debt and taxes and sort of what middle class life is uh, it, it's it's okay okay it's why are we good. talking about it then <laughs> there, there goes john again just shitting on another topic grinding the show to a home somebody, somebody yeah yeah it. tom if it's shit why this is shit why are we talking about it? somebody rode the the hype cycle over it and created a squid games coin and managed to get three and a half million dollars invested into this uh cryptocurrency <laughs> and then just like walked away with the whole thing and like, yeah, that's what you get. But at the same time, Scheib, Scheib Coin, did the exact same thing, but they haven't pulled the rug yet. They haven't, like, totally screwed all of their users. What is Scheib Coin supposed to be? It's the competitor to Dogecoin. And they haven't pulled the rug yet, but it's the exact same play, but now it has a market cap of, like, $5 billion. <laughs> And the the news articles that are out about this are like, hey, did you know somebody invested eight thousand dollars in Shibecoin and it's now worth three and a half billion? See, and I was like, yeah, that's the, that's the creator of the coin. That's and they you went can't wrong get, with yours, Tom. But they can't when you get were doing that money. Coin, you needed to call yours like the ugly coin. And people would be like, ugly coin? Why is the ugly coin? And and they would have given you a lot of money for it, and you could have just done that. I tried. What did you call yours? I forget what yours bus was called. Coin. Bus coin. Bus coin. Yeah, like, what? What? Am I going to get on a bus? Ride a bus? What? Busk. No. C- c- there's a cut in there. Busk? Is there, was yeah, there, B- is there a cut in there? B-U-S-K coin. B-U-S-K? What is that? What is Bus- a bus? Busking, busking is when you work for change on the street. That doesn't make, that's not even, it should have been the ugly coin. That was the had whole Had you called that the ugly it. coin? If the you had model. called the ugly coin, you'd be a billionaire right now. No, the whole model was that individuals are worth pennies at a time, but contributing as a group. You're going to argue with me? You're the one, you're the one that had the failed coin. I'm just giving you the million dollar idea that uh, could have made you a millionaire. I had a lot of that coin though. <laughs> I had I had a lot. <laughs> You're the only one. Well, no, I had a, I had a wallet with half a million of the coin, and, and the other like ten million was available for mining. Mm. That's the thing about it is that when you create a coin, there's a mathematical structure to it where the first wallet gets a dumped sum value, but after that, you have to work for it just the same as everyone else. Yeah. And so that's how that's how the Shibe coin stuff worked. Whereas like people didn't understand how these these coin generating platforms work, and so they 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 were like, hey, this guy has eight mi- billion coins, and he's selling them off for super cheap. And he's like, yeah, I made them. I made them up. They're not they're not a real thing. And no one like the the whole thing is is crazy and i saw i see ads for shibecoin on facebook and i'm like that's fucked up that's i never i've never even heard of it that's funny that's how much i i, I follow that now i'm a, I'm an og bitcoin person and 
I, nothing else makes sense to I, me. Thank God for the NFC just like fiasco where a bunch of people <laughs> realized how screwed they were getting. I can't, I, I can't believe it took them that long. It, it only took them $30 million. <laughs> Yeah, that got that got out of hand really quick. I mean, really quick. Like it came out the gate out of hand. Yeah, I I, I couldn't I couldn't get, I couldn't get my head around it. And yeah, because I'm a same person. But Tom, family. weren't you saying it's the next big thing? Like, absolutely, it's the next big thing. But one NFC for thirty million dollars is NFC not or the NFT? NFT. One NFT. I'm getting upset. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> One NFT for $30 million is not the next big thing. When it happens again, that's an indicator of something. But the first time it happens, you have to watch this video about the retro game market, about people who are buying rated, sealed Nintendo games. Because it turns out the whole thing is fake. And it's really easy to fake. Where like a person, like a news article comes out and some guy bought an original Mario Brothers cartridge for $5 million. But the guy is an investor in the company that sets the value of the Mario Brothers cartridge. And his payment is completely blind so you can't see where the money comes from or goes and it increases the value of the company he's an investor in for rating video game cartridges like there's an expose about this on youtube and it's the same thing that's currently happening with crypto if you don't have a good reason to invest in a crypto then don't invest in it i'm invested in in cardano and litecoin and ethereum and Bitcoin, because those have inherent values. But all the other stuff is like, there's no value. There's no value proposition. Shibecoin, Dogecoin, they are jokes. And there are people who have $10 million who are making another $5 million off of screwing people over. And it drives me insane. All right, done. <laughs> I think we all are. Time to wrap up. <laughs> Time to wrap up. No, the PHP world, yeah. I have something what? I have something going back to PHP and the PHP world is that PHP is moving to GitHub for its issue tracking. <laughs> welcome welcome to the party. Yeah, that's been that's been a thing for a while. Well, so Nikita Popov, friend of the show, has uh released <laughs> I assume has released the official RFC for moving uh, the bug tracker from bugs.php.net to the issue tracker built into uh, GitHub. And I, I could not imagine having to write an RFC of this scale for something that I would just be like, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Like, like, yeah, like you you just put out a 24-hour 20, poll and say, okay, let's do this. Right, Absolutely. <laughs> But no, you got to get get the input from the community. Well, and the community is like, yeah, duh. And I, and if I had written <laughs> this much text on a topic, I would be, I would be very upset the, about it. This is the thing I I keep saying about the internals team. It's like the work they're putting in behind the scenes, the work that like so many PHP developers never bother to check out or or acknowledge is just so massive, and they don't get the credit. And this is. These are volunteers. Like what? Like I'm not going to write this up for a client. You're doing this for this open yeah. source project? Yeah. Crazy. People yeah. are crazy. I I am bad at documentation, but man, this puts me to shame. 
like really mm-hmm. to shame. And and you know, you bring up a good point about like the PHP developers who pay attention to what's going on. So I've I've been doing a couple interviews lately with PHP developers where mm-hmm. I ask them very pointed questions like, hey, what's the new thing in PHP 8 that you love? And I got an interview where the guy was like, property promotion. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the interview was like middling. Mm-hmm. But then we sent him a, a code a code test. And there's like one point in the code test where he uses property promotion, which is just surrounded by bad code. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Maybe he was using code pilot. Oof, he clearly was not. <laughs> uh, so, so you're saying code tests are now more important than asking about comic strips? Well, this was the interesting thing for me. So is after this interview, I was speaking with my coworker and I said, I'm really interested in the code test because the interview gave me so little information. Whereas usually my interviews are all I care about. The code test is just a proof of concept for basic understanding. But like my my questions are pointed and the answers are concise and relevant. But there was just something about this this interview where it was like things weren't as solidly answered as I wanted. So I wanted to make sure that the code at least carried itself. And my coworker is the other way around. He doesn't care as much about the personal interview. He wants to see the code sample. So he was surprised that I was so interested in the code sample. And the code sample came back and it was like, oh, you've worked a lot with WordPress, but not <laughs> PHP. Was very hey, Tom, interesting. Did you read did you read last month's uh did you read last month's uh PHP architect? Portions of it. I haven't gotten Portions through the whole. I haven't gotten through the whole thing. You, you're an absolute asshole. Did you notice there's a comic strip in there? I believe that that got sent to me directly from Slack. Would it make you feel good to let you, to, to, if I told you you inspired that? No, it wouldn't. Okay, well then you did. Uh, Don't worry about it. I was going to try to make you feel good, but I thought I we had the, actually planned that out months in advance. I thought I was the bad guy in that comic strip. No, the the whole idea of asking. An, an interview question about why a comic strip is funny, why a geeky comic strip is funny. Yes, we we had decided to to, to put a comic strip in PHP Architect. I had reached out to the artists and everything, and I had already queued up a bunch of comics when you brought that up. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's great! Like, what a great idea! I, and I, I, I was gonna I was gonna help your ego and say you inspired that, but if it doesn't help your ego, then no, I'm. Not. I'll but tell you the I, truth then. Damn. But I, I believe the third panel just said like that's that's a stupid idea, didn't it? No. I don't have it. I don't have it in front of me. I don't remember every. Co- I, I, I'm yeah, it, read it so much. It, it was. It was. It was, about, it was more it was of a, about it was somebody a dig at me. refactoring. It was more of a dig at me. It was about somebody refactoring. Yeah, but I'm, I'm still I, digging. I, anyway, I was talking about the concept of the fact that there there is now a comic strip in the new PHP Architect magazine, and I, I was going to try to. I was. I was going to try to make you think that you had a part of that. You like you like to always claim claim my achievements. Anyways, I was gonna give you that one. I was gonna let I was gonna lay it to, give it to you on a platter, but you don't you, get it now. Okay, you already know that that doesn't work with me. <laughs> I'll start. I will start questioning the platter. What is this? You you, you want to you want to know something else? Like nobody else even noticed. Like nobody even made mention of. Hey, there's a comic strip in PHP Architect now. Where did this come from? No. Didn't see. I was thinking like well, I would see a tweet or something about it, but nope, 
nothing. Dead silence. Okay, that's also the first issue I've ever had. Well, so that's disappointing to hear. Especially when there have been free issues in the past. Like literally anybody could have gotten a complete issue of PHP Architect when it was when it was sponsored by a sponsor, and you're still telling me you still didn't make the effort to go download it. I got several free issues from conventions. There you go. Which I so you just lied to me again. That wasn't your first one. Yeah, (laughs) he should be used to it. He's like he's like my five year old lies to me right to my face. Following along. (laughs) All right, I think that's it. Are we wrapping Uh, up? Yes, we're wrapping up. Did you have anything else to talk about? One more thing. You're the one that has to pee, man. Didn't we start wrapping up like twenty minutes ago? No, you're right. Listen, eight point one is coming. I'm. Very interested in a lot of the features that are here, um, specifically fibers. People are starting to implement fibers into uh, their projects in preparation for 8.1 to come out. Um, The F-Sync and F-DataSync stuff I'm interested in. So if you have information about (gasps) it. Is that the beep 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 reference? Roadrunner? What are you talking about? All right, continue. Uh, he's talking about the fact that, that the newest version of Roadrunner, uh, which is an async version of PHP's engine, is getting prepped for 8.1 with fiber support. So, well, I'm no, it was more about Taylor, that. It, it was more about Taylor's tweet where all it was was beep beep. Oh yeah, probably. Well, the, Taylor has uh, Octane that runs off Roadrunner. I wonder if he's yeah. using fibers. Uh, uh, it's not uh, using fi- it's not using fibers yet. That's the thing is that Roadrunner doesn't. That's, support that's what I'm fibers saying. Yet. When, yeah, hmm, interesting. Um, so are we we'll talking see. about this, or are we, are we we holding no, it for next week? There's no announcement yet about what that really means, but yes, it probably means Roadrunner. What um, about this card? Are we talking about this card? Because there's some good stuff on here. The 8.1 changes. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into that next week because I'm going to go through okay. all of the stuff that's coming in 8.1. I want to hear our Discord uh, uh, tell us what they think 8.1 is going to bring to the table and how interesting it is. Speaking of our Discord, huge thanks to thank our Patreons. You. Huge thank you to our patrons on Patreon. <laughs> Very end of the show. We have- we we had a we had another conversation in the herd channel where Patreon supporters overseas are asking why John hasn't mailed out their swag stuff yet. Because you said you were gonna get me some information. The information I, I double checked, it's in the spreadsheet. What spreadsheet? It's in the spreadsheet. You gotta give me a oh spreadsheet. My God. It's <laughs> How did you send out the stuff to the people in the US? It's that spreadsheet. I'll oh. send it to you again. I went no, I went I haven't have I haven't updated it. I haven't updated. Uh, I haven't updated the. Uh, I think one of the columns was you know where they are in contributions because we like to make sure people get over a certain contribution because of the cost. Uh, I haven't updated that. So however many months it's been since you've looked at it, I'm in there right now. Hey, look at that! You've got them colored in red, saying "Don't send to these people." That is not what it says. <laughs> it's colored in red. Read what it says. Read what it says. It says technically you shouldn't send to these people. <laughs> you are such a liar. How'd that bust you? You're such a liar. It's, All right. it's not as bad as you speeding up the second time around. It says technically people marked it with this color background don't qualify for exactly. They don't qualify. That's where I stopped reading. They are out of country, but we typically send. If they have pledged over a certain amount of money. So, yeah, that's, I figured you would, you would take that. So we're sending, if we're sending, John is going to send swag to the people who are looking, especially to the one who was calling us out. 
Because being completely fair. Because you're the squeaky wheel. Why not? No, no. Well, yes, but also our loudest supporter on like Twitter and Facebook. I mean, whenever there's a there's a positive tweet about PHP Ugly, it's almost always this person, Dimitri. I'll I'll say Dimitri. Aside, <laughs> uh, that from wasn't our, who it was. <laughs> aside from our patrons, it wasn't. No, it was buttery. No, it was not. No, it wasn't buttery. Buttery it was said, Dimitri. "Don't dump." Not the one I saw earlier today. Yeah, it's it's Dimitri. Oh, okay. Anyways, it, it's, uh, it, look, look at his twi- Twitter handle. It's the same. Uh, it's the same avatar. Okay. We covered this last week that uh, Joe Ferguson was getting an M1 Mac, and I I believe within twelve hours of having received it, he had uh, Vagrant running or no homestead i'm sorry homestead running on the m1 hardware so huge huge shout out to uh joe ferguson for getting an m1 mac for about eight hours 12 hours of work <laughs> very impressive okay i think that is where we're going to end there, there, episode there, 260 episode 261 is in the books i'm here wa- i'm john i'm tom keep it ugly Keep, Keep it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host named Thomas, cause he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me shouts out to php the ugly it's called ugly because it's not professional but i'm about to come through and bless it with style so let's do it when i'm spitting i perfume the room yo the segment of the show is called doom and gloom that came from thomas yeah can nobody go beyond this i get the mic and then i'm about to keep it like a promise yeah and y'all know we fill them up with anguish we talking about the php the programming language about to break it down no exaggeration what do y'all do for a living web app Applications, okay, I can dig it. My words spray tight. Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights. Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude. I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube. So let's get it. You know my lyrics are major. All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing. Keep it ugly. We ending every show with the saying it's lovely. Let's go. Yeah, come on.